All right, well, everybody, Merry Christmas, late Merry Christmas. Hope you, did you guys all have a good Christmas? Yes, was it mellow and survival? Exactly. We're all, all on the other side of Christmas. And we didn't, yeah, exactly. And we didn't totally ruin his birthday, even though he didn't want us to know his birthday, but whatever. All right, so um, today, uh, I'm speaking, obviously. So uh, let's pray and then let's get started. Um, Dad, I want just to come before you and want us all to just know who you are and know the relationship that you had with Jesus and how desirous you are for us to have that same relationship. Um, just give us the confidence to know that you are a loving father. You're not this vindictive God that's sitting up there waiting for us to make a mistake or any of those things, but just help us to know who you are today. Let my words be honoring to you and help us to all learn about you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, so I've had a lot of thoughts flying around in my head the last uh, couple weeks and um, I make notes on my phone when I go to meetings and different things about different things that people say. And one of the things that I'd made a note about a few weeks, well, it's a couple of months ago now, was um, I typed in meditation and then ask Mike, because Mike Fry's the, the, the big kahuna here. So, and so I haven't actually, maybe, I don't remember if I've asked him or not, but I wanted to know what, kind of just thinking about what meditation is. And then last week, um, Earlier in the week, one of the guys that led the meetings, I, I'm uh, in AA in recovery, so one of the guys that led the meetings, he led with the verse, be still and know that I'm God. And um, just talked about that contemplative aspect of knowing who God is. And so I was thinking, well, that's actually really cool because he talked about it as, he said, you say the verse, be still and know that I'm God, and then reverse yourself out of the verse. So be still and know that I'm God, be still and know that I, that I am, be still and know that I, and all the way down, and where do we end up with is be. So I'm like, wow, that's actually kind of cool. So now how does that relate to who we are and how we relate to God? And Chris has been doing, a, uh, the last few weeks, he's been talking about how do we see ourselves in our relationship with, with God the Father? Do we see ourselves as a servant of God? Do we see ourselves as a saint, or do we see ourselves as sons and daughters? And uh, Jesus has indicated and pointed to us numerous times, in the Old Testament I think as well, that we are not servants, we're not saints, we're sons and daughters of, of, the, of the God of the universe. And uh, so I kind of, that's where I want to go today. I want to kind of talk a little bit of how we can be still and know that God is God, and he's not just God, but he's our dad. He's our daddy. And um, he wants us to know, know us that. And I was thinking, well, because Bree or whoever's doing the recording always says, well, what do you want to call your talk? And so um, I named it this morning sitting in bed going, well, what should I call this thing, you know? And so... I'd said knowing the God who likes to be called Daddy. And so I want to look at God like that today. So 
I guess for me, for the, the biggest example to me is I think if we can all just like collectively think in our minds, like I know we've had, all of us have dads obviously, but a dad that's been the best dad that you could possibly have to the worst dad that could possibly ever have existed. And, but we've all seen good fathers, bits and pieces, even in a dad who wasn't there or who was bad, there's something good that we can possibly pick out. So if we can, in our minds, pick and choose all those good aspects that we envision the perfect father to be, one that's there for us, who loves us and cares for us unconditionally and loves us when we fall down and he just gives us all these things, that's who God is. So if we can kind of get that and let's put away the thoughts of, oh, well, a dad's someone who breaks promises. A dad is someone who comes home drunk. A dad is someone who, like, beats my, my mom. And a dad is someone who was never there. Those things, let's get rid of that. And I want to think, let's think about a dad that you can go, that's my daddy. You know, like Allie, um, wherever she is, there. Um, she, <laughs> she's funny, like, uh, just, like, listening to my kids call me daddy, you know, and she's 20, and she's all, daddy, you know, and she, there's an affection that's there that's, it's just cool, you know, and so that's what Jesus is trying to show us of his father. It's daddy. He's like, daddy. It's not like, you know, it's, and that's why I prayed dad today, because, and that was kind of a little uncomfortable for me, because it's not the norm, you know, we're not being respectful of God the father. It's like, do you, like, the only time Allie ever calls me father is it, what's it, Sylvester, and is that the one, oh, father, is that it? You guys ever remember the, the Looney Tunes, you know, with the Sylvester and his little kid, you know, and, and they're like, we're going to go catch a mouse, I'm going to take you to work with me, and he, he's telling them that mice are big and gnarly and all that kind of stuff, and then he catches this little tiny mouse, and then, like, the kid's ashamed because his dad gets beat up by the mouse, and he puts a bag over his head, and he's like, son, and he's like, oh, father, I'm afraid to show my face in public. You know that whole thing? So that's the only time she calls me father, but it's in a jest, jesting sort of way. But do we ever call our dad's father? Hello, father. Unless he's one of those dads that maybe wasn't a daddy, okay? And that's not who God is. God is our daddy, okay? So let's just, to go back to our, the, the first verse here, be still and know that I am God. Um, that involves us to be, um, we need to be active a little bit in that, in, in knowing that in the Hebrew context of be still, it means to let go or release. Okay, so if we know that God is a good God and he's a good dad, he's saying, you know, like in the midst of whatever you got going on, I want you to let go. You have to actively let go. Don't hold on like, oh, whatever you're trying to do. Like, do you guys remember, I was thinking about one of those examples of, like, teaching our kids not to totally trust us. In a pool, like, did you, when you're, like, telling your kid, jump in, it's okay. You'll be okay, just jump to me. And then as soon as they jump, you back up because you're trying to get them into deeper water. So God's not doing that to us. He's not going, jump to me, and you're like, woo, you know, ha <laughs> you did it, you're totally, and you build this little bit of uh, not trusting God. Well, God's like saying, just let go and jump to me. I, got, I will have you. I will catch you. And I will, I will meet those needs that you have. So we need to actively determine in our mind, can we let go? And can we be still, let go, and know that God is still God in the midst of whatever's going on? Because in the middle of that psalm, it's not, 
there isn't all kinds of great things happening, but he's saying, be still. The earth is going to shake and the mountains are going to crumble and the, earth can, or the, the ocean can foam, but be still and know that I'm still there. Let go and know that I'm still there. And that's what we have to think. So going back again, being to that meditative chant that, uh, I can't remember his name, shared, be still and know that I'm God, all the way back to being. So what are we being? We're being in the moment with God, and we're listening to who he is. So, in, in that relationship, and knowing that Jesus had a relationship with God, his dad, that he could, you know, like I, one of the things that I think about, I think, well, what did he do like every day, like Chris has talked about that we need to read the Bible more like it's a novel than a book of things to do. So then you think, I was thinking about that this morning, I'm getting up and I'm thinking, well, Jesus and the disciples are probably all, oh, what are you guys going to do today? Well, I think I got to go fishing, we're out of food, you know, and so they're like planning their day, but Jesus took the time to sit before his father and say, what would you have me to do today? Would you have me to be, and we're going to look at Mary and Martha just real briefly and kind of go back to a couple of things that Chris said, but are, am I supposed to sit before you and serve you today, or am I supposed to sit and be contemplative and just listen to your voice to hear what you want me to do? You see, there's a, there's a difference between doing something just because we think. You know, like if you think about like at work, you're at work and you think, oh, my boss is kind of in a bad mood. I got to do something. Just look, you know, what is it? Look, Jesus is coming back, act busy. You know, that whole kind of idea, like, we got to just be doing something. We got to be serving God right now. Well, how do you know you're supposed to be serving God? Maybe you're supposed to be sitting and listening. So if we sit and listen before him, like, the disciples get up in the morning and, you know, Jesus, what are we going to do today? What's the plan? Well, you know what, guys? We're going to hang out. We've had a rough week. Well, we got to do this. It's like, no, we need to do what the Father's saying. Let's just be mellow and don't do anything, okay? Is that making sense? So we need to see that the Bible was a real, these guys were doing the real thing, and they were living their lives, and it's not just directions. So can you put up um, Luke 10? Let's look at Mary and Martha um, for just a second. It's the last section, uh, 30-something to 42, 38 to 42. That's the, a little bit different version from what I'm going to, what I have. Is it up there? Okay, so this story is essentially, Chris talked about this a couple months ago, but just to kind of recap a little bit, um, Jesus was they're on their way to Jerusalem, and uh, they, they come to a town, and Martha goes out and finds Jesus and says, hey, why don't you come to our house and, and hang out and be with us for a while? And so Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, you guys know the story of Lazarus. Lazarus is the one who Jesus raised from the dead. And Mary, her sister, is, all, is also the one that poured the uh, nard on his feet and wiped, wiped his cleaned his feet with her, with her hair. So that's who these people are. So Mary, Martha, and Lazarus have a, a pretty good relationship with Jesus. They're friends. So when they show up, they hang out with Mary and Martha. But we're seeing Mary and Martha 
Um, we've seen them a lot because we've always said, oh, Mary is the one who sits at Jesus' feet, right? And then we see Martha as the one who's out running around and not sitting and paying attention to what Jesus is having to say. And um, Chris brought some really interesting thoughts to this that he was, showed us that Mary was breaking a lot of cultural norms. And it's like, I don't really think about that until after you've been somewhere where there's, you've been in a Muslim culture or a, a Middle Eastern culture where you can't, like women don't just hang out with men like we got going on right now. It's like men and then the women. Well, Mary broke the cultural norms of sitting with the disciples. Like if you have a place where you've got a, a rabbi and his disciples, women don't get to sit with the disciples, okay? So she's sitting there with Jesus, and Martha, not only is she looking for a little help in the kitchen, she's saying, Jesus, do you understand what you're doing? You are, this is wrong. This is not supposed to be happening. Women aren't supposed to be sitting at your feet. My sister's blowing it, but ultimately, Jesus, it's your problem. You need to deal with this. And he says, don't worry about it. That's what he's telling her to not worry about. Not that you're working in the kitchen and doing your thing, you're worrying about the culture, but Jesus is coming and breaking a cultural norm, restoring dignity and giving dignity to Mary in that she chose to sit at Jesus' feet. So what we see is we see two aspects of how God operates and how Jesus operates is that we, he wants us to do both. You can both serve and be con- contemplative at the same time, but how do you know which one to do first? And that's where we come back to being still. And if we sit before God and we ask him, what do you want me to do today? Dad, am I supposed to mow the lawn or am I supposed to hang out and relax? Because we've done a lot, of, a lot of things this week. How do we know that? We ask our dad. Is he a good dad? Yes. Is he going to give us the answer that he would have us to be? Maybe not our earthly fathers. Well, we've got to get the lawn mowed. But if we're looking, saying, what's the perfect earthly father that I can have? He'd say, you know what? You've had a hard week. Why don't you relax and watch TV for a while? and we'll worry about the lawn later, okay? So that's the same thing that Jesus is saying here. I want you to know God the Father in this way. How do you know him? You sit before him and you wait and you see, tell me what you need me to do today. And you're going to look different. It's going to look different. I have um, an example of something that's listening to the Father that doesn't make any sense at all. Um, You might someday get to meet him, but Bruce and Sarah... Um, they're in, they live in New Zealand now, but Sarah was, you know, just asking God, you know what, Lord, just teach me to listen to you and hear your voice and do what, you know, and to follow you and to believe what you're telling me to do and to do it no matter what, even if it doesn't make sense. And so she was at McDonald's in the, uh, I don't know, McDonald land or whatever you call that with all the tubes and all that, the what? Or the play area, you could call it that. She isn't playing with the tubes and wires. Um, and so she's sitting there, and her kids are ripping around. And if you've ever been in there with little kids, it's the noisiest place on the planet. And you really can't ever relax and eat your food. And Well, you should. It's hard to relax at McDonald's anyway, because you end up with a stomachache. But um, so she's sitting there, and she hears this thing. You need to go say cold spaghetti to that lady. And she's like, you got to be kidding me. That doesn't make any sense at all. And so she's like, no, that's, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. And so finally she's like, all right, God, this is obviously you telling me to say 
cold spaghetti to this woman. And so she did. She just walked up to her. She goes, hi, I'm Sarah. This is probably going to be really weird. But I just feel like I'm supposed to say cold spaghetti to you. And this lady, like, bursts into tears. Oh, my gosh, there is a God. Because she was just sitting there going, you know what? If you're real, I want you to have somebody come up to me and say cold spaghetti. And so here we are. So here's, here's a daughter who knows God's voice, who knows her daddy's a good daddy, and maybe is going to have her do something oddball. Because you've ever asked your kids to do something, you're like, hey, can you go do this? And they're like, are you kidding me? That doesn't make any sense at all. Like, you know, like a good example is Ian, when he's learned how to surf, we're over, we were surfing at this place that had some beach break, and I don't know, have any of you guys seen Surf's Up? the kid movie, where they're counting. They're all three, two. He's all, watch that wave. And he's like, what wave? And he's just counting, because it's just a bump that goes from nothing to and just destroys the kid who's learning how to surf. Well, Ian's doing the same thing. I'm like, Ian, you got to paddle out. He's like, whoa. I'm like, you better do it. Doesn't make any sense, but you better paddle. And he doesn't listen. And then, boom, there's the wave. And it takes him out. He's like, Dad, I can't believe it. I'm like, I told you. It seemed a little weird at the time because I'm all, there's a wave coming and you can't even see it unless you know what you're looking for. Well, God does the same thing sometimes. He asks us to do something that maybe doesn't make sense to us and we think, well, that's dumb. But if we take a risk and know, be still, let go and know that I'm God, he's going to give us this opportunity like to say cold spaghetti to somebody and then you're just like, and this lady's like, oh my gosh, there is a God. And you're like, really? Cold spaghetti made you think there was a God? But it was something that God's doing. And isn't it cool that we get to participate in that? That's a dad who loves us and cares and wants to give us the opportunity to be blessed when he could take care of what, I mean, if he's the God of the universe and he made all of us, he can do whatever he wants to do. But he's like, hey, you know what? This is going to be so cool. I'm going to let my kids represent me and they're going to screw it all up and they're going to do all kinds of dumb stuff, but they're still mine and I still love them. And we... You know, like, you still love your kid. Like, some days I could, I could wring Ian's neck. Man, I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. But, like, two minutes later, you're like, sorry, Dad. And you're like, oh, you're just the greatest, you know. Just... And I'm like, Ugh. you just, you ever, anybody ever felt that way about their kids? Anybody? Okay. So, you, but, you, at, you know, you're just, ah. Oh. But it's, that's who God, that's how he sees us. You know, like, he. I'm sure, I mean, if we have the ability to get frustrated, he's probably not up there all, oh, those silly kids. No, he's probably going, oh, really? But I love you guys so much. At, you know, it's all that. Because if we experience those feelings and those emotions, God has the ability because he's the one that made us in his image. We didn't make him in ours. We, so many people have it backwards. We invented God. That's so funny. So, anyway, um, this, I was, as I was reading about being still and knowing that God is God, I found this really, these guys are doing, I don't know, how, how many of you have heard of holy, men, anybody like classical music? I mean, I dig it. It's a few people. There's this, this genre in it, and I haven't listened to it, I've just read about some stuff about it, but it's called holy minimalism, and there's three guys, um, three specific um, composers who write, it's sort of this music that a lot of classical music takes you down a road of, like, they can create emotions, obviously music creates emotion, but they lead you to this 
climax and into this sadness, whatever it's going to be. Well, um, this holy minimalism music just kind of keeps you in this sort of like middle space, and then there's this time of silence. And so this one conductor, he's talking, or composer's talking to this conductor, and so the conductor says, he goes, well, what are you supposed to do during the silence? What are we supposed to do? And he's like, no, well, that's the point. You're not supposed to do anything. You're supposed to wait and see what God does. So that's what we're supposed to do. We sit. Sometimes we're supposed to sit. We're not going to play music. We're just, just going to sit and say, God, what are you going to do? I want you to go do this. I want, you to, I want you to sit and not do anything. But he's directing us as a good father. And we, that's the thing is, remember that. Good dad. He's good dad, not bad blad. Anybody ever see that? <laughs> Sorry. <clears throat> we have a lot of like cartoony references because we have, still have small children in the house. Blad, bad blad, not the one with the cookies. Um, okay, so... So, they, so he says, this guy, his name's Arvo Parte or something, he's from Estonia. Um, and the idea of this kind of music and the whole idea, I think, of our lives is the idea of being caught between this instant moment and eternity. Do you guys ever feel like that? Like if you're sitting there really thinking, like, I've got to get all this stuff done, but does it matter in the eyes of eternity? Like, we're kind of caught in that middle, like that middle ground. I don't know, maybe I'm the only one that feels like that, but you, we're there. We're in this time and this timelessness because we, we're told that we're going to live forever. Like our spirits never die. God has been, he has no beginning, he has no end. We had a beginning, but we have no end. So we're timed and then we become timeless. But we're right in between that. As a physical believer in Jesus, we're caught in time, but our spirits are also in this timelessness. And how do we, how do we find that how do we find God in all that? But he finds us and directs us and tells us, this is what I want you to do. So isn't that fun? I mean, I kind of dig it. It's like you're like, I mean, I don't know. It's like, can you, I get, I don't know, excited about how God just, just loves us so much. Like, do you, I, I don't know, I'm being all silly here. But it's just so cool. Uh, anyway. It's amazing that God is just like this God who is just in the middle of all of what we're doing. Um, the last thing, well, no, we don't need to talk about that. I just want to wrap up with the thought again of just thinking about that. Just If we can just maybe all go home this week and think, be still and know that I'm God. And during your, you know, I don't know how you do your, your prayer time in the morning or when you do that. Like, I do sometimes and I don't sometimes, but I find myself during the day just talking to God. And I think that's where the relationship aspect of it is. And um, I know Chris or somebody who's talked has said that a relationship with like, my relationship with Chrissy isn't always just the same thing. Like, I get up in the morning, make coffee, and then I leave. I get up in the morning, make coffee, and then I leave. And I don't, you know, there's not, like, that's not a relationship. Like, I get up and make coffee, and some mornings she wakes up ahead of me, and she makes coffee, and we talk, and some mornings we don't talk. We just get up, and we're like, huh, 
not a good talking morning, bye. And then, you know, but there's always, it, that, but that's the relationship part of it. And I think that's where we are with God is like, whatever you do, when you meet with him, when you talk with him, don't just talk, but be contemplative because prayer has two aspects to it. When we're saying, God, what do you want us to do today? Then we have to, when we ask the question, we have to listen and ask, okay, I asked the question, now I'm going to sit here and anticipate, not just like, well, are you going to answer? But anticipate going, I can't wait for you to tell me what I'm supposed to do. And then do it. Like, you think, like, Jesus, like, we always think, oh, man, I have so much to do today. You think Jesus, like, ever had that thought? Like, going, oh, geez, sorry, God, or Dad, I didn't get all the stuff done that you wanted me to do, you know, and I guess I'm just a crappy kid, didn't do what I was supposed to do. No, he did, when you look at it, he got done exactly what his dad wanted him to get done that day, in the craziness, in the, the immediate moment, and in the eternity, he got, it, he got those things done. Sometimes he did this, 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 and this, and going, well, there's tomorrow, and then you rest. The same way, we can look at God and say, Dad, what do you want me to do today? And when you get it done, you go, that was a great day. I did everything that God wanted me to do, that my dad wanted me to do. Nothing more, nothing less. And Jesus lived his life that way too. So if we see that Jesus did that and we look at the Bible as a novel about feelings and people and emotions and things and then you throw in cows and goats and stinky, like all kinds of, like you make it life, it's real. It's like not this, you have to do all these things book. It's not a manual on how to set up your smart TV, which is the worst thing you could possibly do on Christmas Day, by the way. Um, glad I have a daughter who's very patient. Um, but that we're just living our life. We're just doing what God wants us to do. So maybe this week, when you're thinking about God, be still and know that I'm God. Be still and know that I am. Be still and know that I. And back yourself all the way up to be. And just be. Know that you are being in God's, in your dad's arms, that you're doing what he wants you to do. So, anyway, we wrap up sometimes with thoughts. Anybody had a word or a picture that might have been shown during worship or during um, just now, just the talk? talk?